So hello and welcome to episode three of the Three Chips podcast. Um, I'm Jack. I'm joined this evening by um, Dan and Cole. Hello, boys. Hello, mate. How's it going? Not too bad. Evening. How's things? Hey, Cole. Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Let's jump um, straight into it. So it's been a well, only a week since our last pod, but we've missed two game weeks. Well, there's been two game weeks in that time. Um, I think if we just start with a bit of a round table, let's take a look back at our how we've got on over the last two game weeks. Carl, I know you played your wild card in 21, so maybe a good place to start is with you. If you can tell us the moves you made, what, have they paid off? How's it looking? Yeah, got to the point with a couple of Spurs injuries. Um, still kind of reeling from Kevin De Bruyne getting injured. The Leeds double game week not really paying off for me in the big game week a couple of weeks ago. Kind of team was a bit stale, so I felt that the time was right to change it up. Um, I looked at Mendy and Chilwell. I quite liked Chelsea's fixtures coming up. Um, Tuchel looked pretty defensively strong with the three centre-backs. I thought this was about time to put them in. Um, First game in 21 didn't go too well with um, Chilwell being on the bench and not not featuring. Um, Cancelo the same, put him in, didn't feature. Um, But went for Pereira and he went pretty well. Um, I think the fixtures were quite favourable. And if West Brom have got any hope of staying up, I think it's really going to be pinned on him. Score of 62 in game week 21. Um, usually kind of okay, but I think it was a high score on week. So it wasn't particularly fantastic, but probably about the average. Game week 22, I'm currently sitting on 67 with Mendy and Son to play in about half an hour. So yeah, not, not looking too bad. Happy with the wild card? Too early to say. I'm generally happy. I think the team was going a bit stale, so it needed to happen. Um, for me, um, you know, usually I think you'd kind of wait till some of the double game weeks, maybe a little bit later in the season to play a wild card. Generally, I think I'm under the kind of hope that I have a free hit still left, so I can kind of adjust on weeks where there's a lot of doubles or where there may be, you know, um, a lot of teams not playing. So got a little bit of flex- flexibility there with a free hit, but um, generally probably a little bit early overall, I would say, but in my circumstances, was almost needed if want to, especially if I want to try and crack sort of the top 50,000 that I was in certainly earlier in the season and hope to be at the end. Yeah. What about you, Dan? I know the last couple of pods we talked about some of the hits you've been taking. Did you repeat of that or do you stick to your guns gaming 21-22? Uh, 21 didn't go so well. Uh, 54 points and I took two transfers for that, taking a minus four. And I got rid of Wilson for Calvert-Lewin. And we all know how well Callum Wilson did. And I took Salah out for Madison. And we all know how well Salah <laughs> did. So all in all, probably not a good good week so much in um, in 21. But with Sterling not playing, Saka didn't play. I had Eric Dyer. Stones didn't play as well. So it was a bit of a tough week for me um in that regard son as my vice captain who got me a huge four points um not so good pat bamford saved me really with 15 um this game week though it's looking it's looking promising um good start for me with having both fernandez and Juan Basaka. currently sat on 89 points uh, waiting for son to finish off a good game week um madison came well calvert lewin's done good so i think they're two good transfers maybe just a week too early um yeah i think it's it's looking quite good for me 
Nice. Yeah, 21 was a pretty one of my, well, not, not the highest scoring game week for me, but probably my best week in the sense that a captain Cancelo, obviously we know he was benched, very, very fortunately had Salah Vice, so um, a kind of finally a big haul in the captaincy, which was nice. And then him and Martinez and Bamford basically put me to 80 points, which was compared to the average of 48, I think as good as I was ever going to get. And yeah, fortunate on the um, can say a benching really, but I'll um, I'll take it for sure. And then with this week, 73 all out. Sun tonight is a bit of a worry. We'll see how Spurs get on um, against Chelsea. I don't know if you've seen the, the lineups, but um, he's he's starting Vinicius, so um, be interesting to see how kind of Sun lines up um, with Vinny in the side for Spurs. But yeah, Salah captain again, four points was a bit of a shocker. Robertson again only scoring two. I've moved early to take him out um, the side. Got with Wambasaka. We'll see how that p- pays off. I've probably just missed missed his points. Who knows? My luck. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. And then across the front line, really, was some decent returns. Calvert Loon obviously got his goal and the three bonus. Um, and then Antonio chipping in with two assists. Um, although surprisingly, no bonus off the back of that. But um, yeah, we'll take it. Seventy-three all out. I think. I'll assess my game week after um, tonight's Spurs game because I think in terms of kind of our head-to-head league, it's all going to come down to Sun. Really, we'll see, we'll see how he goes. But just quickly, Carl, on on Wambasaka, I know he came out on your wild card. Is he one that you regret? Would you have kept him in? Obviously, with the beauty of hindsight, but you you think that was still the right decision to to get rid? I mean, hindsight's a fine thing. I think if you look at this week. Three city defenders all got clean sheets that I've got in there. Stones, Diaz, Cancelo, Justin scored. So it's one of them where Justin got a similar amount of points to Wan Bissaka. Um, and then Chilwell, I think Chilwell is probably the one which has looked a bit of a mistake on my part as Alonso's come back in the side. I don't, I don't think anyone could have really foreseen that, to be honest. I mean, Chilwell's probably one of the best left backs in the league, and Alonso is in there ahead of him. So I think you can probably look and say if I'd left Wan-Bissaka in there for Chilwell, but then again, would I have started him against Southampton? I'm not sure with Ings and Adam starting. I think I would have fancied them to get a goal. And I think they had one chalked off, which arguably could have been a goal. So I think it's one of them where you just, you know, you make the right decision sometimes in your mind, but then obviously unforeseen circumstances happen, shall we say. Yeah, and I guess as well, you, if you had kept Wambasaki, you probably you either would have had him benched or had Justin benched. So really, it's nothing lost, nothing gained in that sense. I think it's one to look at probably the next three game weeks and and then decide. I think Wambasaka, you watch him play and the goal that he got in in the week and the I think it was either the assist or the goal the week before. He's generally not naturally gifted in those attacking spaces so they're not returns that are going to be there week in week out whereas with a player like Justin and Chilwell although he's not on the side he's more likely to consistently kind of return yeah think, thinking of that one I think as I said in the king king of the game week that Wampasaka actually was getting forward positions so got an assist uh, I think a couple of games before Sheffield and did look to be getting forward a lot more under Ollie so I think it may be one to potentially look at Wan-Bissaka actually um, but yeah I, I took him out but actually 
against Southampton, you've seen it again. I think he is getting into a lot more attacking positions than he did when he first moved to United. Yeah, it's probably the last part to his game, isn't it? Like, he's so good defensively. If he can consistently be producing in the final third, I think, both from fantasy perspective, but just generally, I think United have got a potential right back there for the next kind of five plus years. Cool. So looking ahead then, game week 20, what are we up to now? 23. Um, you boys made any transfers? Anything you're looking at, at doing? I know one more game week or game to come tonight, um, but any early moves? Yeah, I've gone early um, during the game week. Um, I've got Rudiger in for Chelsea at 4.5. I think he seems like he's good value. Shipped comps are out, selected by less than 2% of teams. And um, look at the, I know it's only been a couple of games so far, but he started against Wolves, started against Burnley, two clean sheets. Um, I think at a 4.5 defender, it's, it's a good choice and roll over another transfer for next week. So I've got two in mind for the upcoming week and we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, and Rudiger starts again tonight. So it looks like he's one that's a decent bet to be kind of feature of Tuchel's side so I like it at 4.5 I think obviously Spurs tonight you'd suspect that he might concede but longer term like Carl I think you said at the start of the, the pod uh, Chelsea are looking much well not that they were conceding goals week in week out under Frank but they're looking strong at the back under Tuchel so yeah I like it what about you Carl? Well, I think it's in that that vein so I've got Mendy and Chilwell so I might move Chilwell to Rudiger um, if you look at the next three games for Chelsea, you've got Sheffield United, uh, you've got Newcastle, and then you've got Southampton. So I think there's chances there for more clean sheets. And if Rudiger's going to start, I think it might be one to get in there. I think now that you've seen him in the team again, you can probably say he is going to start going forward, especially if they're playing three, three in central defence. There's not really a lot of other options for him. I think Christiansen's there. I don't know if he's still there, but. I think he wasn't quite trusted under Lampard at all. So I think that's one that, you know, potentially I don't think he's going to move Rudiger out of the team. So, yeah, I think it's one to go for. And, and for me, Chilwell has totally just not paid off whatsoever with him being dropped to Alonso. Bit of a shock for me, but yeah. what, what can you do? What about captaincy picks? Obviously, Salah's blanked again. I think that's four blanks in the last five or, or something like that. Um, Bruno hold although with nine goals you maybe would have hoped he, he got more than he did who are you thinking captain wise having not got Salah I think um, the only obvious choice in my side is Son with Spurs with West Brom at home I think it looks as though it's a good haul City have got Liverpool so I debated St- Sterling's there as my vice on the off chance Son doesn't play I think it's a tough fixture for City um, you just get the feeling I know Liverpool have not been great of late um, but you just get the thing against City, there's a lot more to play for. And the, I just think they'll turn up and do something. I don't think Sterling would be the right choice. Um, so for me, Son seems the obvious choice. Or Pat Bamford, maybe. Got Crystal Palace at home. Yeah, that could be a good, mm. good call advice. Yeah, Son's a tempting one. I think, I've, as I said, I've, I've gone well, quite early to get rid of um, Robertson for Wambasaka. And then the other one is... Um, that's playing on my mind. We're well, not playing on my mind, but that I'm looking at is is bringing Son in. Main well, that West Brom fixture is part of the reason, but I think looking ahead to the doubles, which I think if we come on to in a second, um, Son's 
maybe the standout there if you're looking to load up a side full of um, double players. I think not having some will be one that could potentially punish. But yeah, we'll see. I've got the funds to either shift um, Saka to Sun or Suchek to Sun. But um, yeah, both that probably would rather keep them aside if I could. But we'll see see how Sun gets on tonight against Chelsea. Yeah, but you've got a fairly little money spread across um, your midfield as well. So, you, so look at your side, you've got Grealish, Susek, Saka. They're not huge. And obviously you've got Fernandez and Salah as well, but it's not like you've spent huge money across the midfield. So you could easily get someone like Son in. Um, yeah. Although I see Susek stitch you up again for nine points on the bench. Well, it's one of the it's it's the ultimate like fallacy of fancy football. Like everyone says have a strong bench, but then if your bench players score more play, points than your actual players week in, week out, then it kind of defeats the point. It's like I'd rather I think I was saying earlier in the week about fancy kind of missing De Bruyne and Aguero and Kane. I think everyone's now set on the, the only big hitters that are kind of left. Once De Bruyne, Aguero, Kane come back and I'll, I'll look to wildcard to bring them to bring them in. Um I think it'll be a, a lot more interesting, both for fancy, but just generally um, looking at captaincy picks and the like. Carl, who, who are you thinking to go for this week? I think I'm the same with Son. So I think Son probably gets one more week for me. And that's a captain. So, I mean, I look over the last, since game week 18, we're talking two points, five points, two, two. You know, if he doesn't do anything tonight and then I captain him next week. I think that's probably the last draw for Son for me and my team. I mean, I mean, I got him in quite early, but I don't know what his current price is. He's currently at nine point seven. Can't remember exactly what I got him in at, but you know, nine point seven, fifty-six percent of people have got him. I think it's one that I may look to move out if he doesn't do anything. I think another choice, maybe if you've got him in your side, might be Hudson Adoy. Like it's one I was playing with potentially getting in the side. Looks like he's... I don't know if he's starting tonight, Jack. I don't know if you've got the lineups there, but... He was one that was certainly looking a bit of a favourite. Yeah, he's starting tonight again, so... And they've actually got Alonso and James. I think hudson Adoy starting further up the pitch than he has been at wing-back. So, I think if any listeners are there listening, thinking who to captain next week, Chelsea with Sheffield, I think potentially hudson Adoy might be a good pick. Especially if Erdak yeah. can start scoring. I quite like um as a the alternate to Sun for me might be Pulisic. There were some quotes in the week I think about Tuchel looking at using him as a bit of a false nine in, in that side. Um, from memory, served me pretty well the back end of or the second half of last season. Um, so maybe a repeat of that might be on the cards to bring him in um, as an alternative to to Sun. But I'll probably take another look at some of the double fixtures for Chelsea. I um, mean. 26 I think they'll have a double um, and see see what those look like before pulling the trigger on that I Pulisic in week one you know he did have a really good end to last season you thought he was really the one the one standout for Chelsea but I think injuries are always a problem with Pulisic and they've got so much talent in the wide areas um, Chelsea that it's kind of hard to get him in your fantasy team because kind of the one player as well that if he is starting, he's probably coming off at 65 minutes. So it's quite a hard one to, to justify in your team, I think. Yeah, the other the other standout of the last couple of weeks was, I'd say, Brighton's two kind of clean sheets against Spurs and or two results against Spurs and, and Liverpool. 
Um, I know they've struggled at home. I think it's only the third league or home league win in three years or something mental like that. But defensive options, if you're looking for a cheap budget, I think Dunk might be one that could be on the cards. Um, was a bit of a standout. I don't know if you boys have any other players that stood out to you over the last couple of weeks. I think as a cheap option, maybe looking at some of the new transfers that have come in, Liverpool not looking so great at the back. Um, and they got that new new lad in um, Kabak from Schalke. It could be could be looking at a good call to get someone like that in. I think transfer-wise, you've got to start looking a bit niche at some of these players as well. Uh, like you see, West Brom brought in Snodgrass. That could be a good call to get someone like that in as well. West Ham getting in. Lingard scored two yesterday. Um, I think for cheaper options, players like that have got to start coming to mind, really. Jack, you talked Brighton. Actually, that's four clean sheets in a row for Brighton. You know, against Leeds, Fulham, Tottenham and Liverpool. It was something that I couldn't actually believe when I heard it on BT last night. I switched over for the last 20. I mean, that was... uh, Saying that, it was the second most shocking thing I've seen. The first was... Dan Byrne at wing back, um, like all six foot six of him. It honestly looked like something <laughs> quite mystical at times seeing him on <laughs> Trent Alexander Arnold. But um, no, I think I don't know if Brighton can keep that up. It might just be one of them that you know if you've had someone Brighton on the bench and managed to get him in as a sub, it's it's been quite lucky for you. I don't know if it's one that is going to continue, but potentially you know Brighton you could look at that. Got some good fixtures coming up though, Carl. You look what's coming up. You've got Burnley away, Villa at home, Palace at home, West Brom away. The next four games look, look quite, I think, as good as what you could hope for, really, from a defence point of view. Um, a cheap option. There's a there's a slim chance as well. I'm thinking 26. Brighton could end up having West Brom and Newcastle as a double. Um, so they'll go Villa in 24, Palace 25, and then potentially West Brom, Newcastle 26. So. If you are looking at a cheapie, I think now I'm thinking, Blumenau, why didn't I look at that for Wambasaka? But might be something that, if those doubles are confirmed, want to look at potentially. But I'd, I'd probably agree with you. It might be just be too late on that run. I think four in a row, how much are they going to extend that? Um, probably it's one of those where the ship may well have sailed. But mm. who knows? We'll see. Um, so look, looking forward, the one thing I wanted to get your views both on... Um, was around the doubles that have been confirmed earlier on this evening. Um, so there's a couple of doubles in game week 24. So Everton and City, um, both or Everton, City, Burnley and Fulham all have doubles. Um, so Everton, so probably the, the standouts there are Everton and, and City. They have Fulham. Um, obviously Everton will have City as well. And then City have Spurs um, and Everton. I think the Everton-Fulham fixture as an addition might be quite tempting. Um, obviously, I think we all own Calvert-Lewin, so that's a nice one um, as current owners, but I don't know if either of you would look at maybe Dinya or Richarlison. Um, I know, Carl, you've benched Bamford a number of weeks now. Maybe it's time to just kind of get rid and bring in potentially Richarlison. Um, I think for me, I've got Calvert-Lewin. I think that's enough there, probably, for Everton. I think... They are a good side this year. I think there's still a little bit of inconsistency. If I think back with Everton, and I could be wrong here, you know, one of the viewers may pick me up on it, but it seems that Everton win by one or two goals. I'm yet to think of a, a game where Everton go and score, you know, four and five that some of the other teams around them have done. 
So I think that's probably enough with Everton, especially if you look at Man City in that second game. I think one for me might be Fulham. So I think Fulham at Everton away, and then I think Burnley away. I think there's two fixtures there that I think Fulham play some decent football. I think they've been a little bit unlucky with some of the results under Parker. I think for me, one, I think a transfer deadline day, I've seen Josh Madger go to Fulham. As a Newcastle fan, it absolutely pains me to say, and I know it was League One football, but Josh Madger at Sunderland looked like an absolute talent. I think it could be one maybe just to keep your eye on. I don't know what price he's gone in at. I might just check as we're kind of having a look to see if there is a price that's gone in there. But I think Fulham are just missing that goal scorer. Really, um, Mitrovic, as much as I love him as a Newcastle fan, probably a little bit limited. So I think Fulham added that and I think could look at it. And I, I don't think Madge's on the game just yet, but potentially he's one to look at for me. I think it's I think it's hard coming up from League One though. Like championship to premiership is a stretch enough, I think. Coming up from League One to the Premiership, I think, is another level. I think there's probably gonna be other players, maybe not at that same price tag, but there's gonna be other options that are gonna be better. I'll probably be wrong. Dele Ali did it, mate. Dele Ali made the step up. Those first couple of years he was great. I know obviously he's not quite where he was, but he went MK Dons to Spurs and looked kind of at home in the Premier League. So, yeah, I guess one for if you are making a punt might be something to look at. If he, I mean, he's not even in the game yet. So, Carl, you're, you're early on him if you do look to bring him in. Just uh, to clarify, um, she's come from Bordeaux. Um, so he was at Sunderland until 2019, went to Bordeaux and he, he's not set a light over there, really. Nine goals and 45. But from what I've seen, and it might just be the Sunderland documentary that I watched, you know, might just be a bit of a hype I've seen around it. But I think I think the guy is a real talent, actually. Um, so I think it might just be, maybe you want to keep your eye on him. I mean, he's only 22. And, you know, we're talking about him having four years of professional football under his belt. So I think it's one just, uh, if you're looking at that kind of niche one going into the double game week, you're kind of gambling to catch your mates um, in your leagues. Might just be one that might, might pop you up there. And do you know what? If it doesn't, get us in the tweets and I'll apologise. Here's a here's a bit of a debatable question for you for you both. Do you think I kind of alluded to it earlier, but do you think this season so far has been a bit of a boring one from a fantasy perspective? Purely because I'll give a bit of colour to that. So De Bruyne out, Kane out, Aguero out, those are players that historically everyone kind of had to try and at least get one or two into their sides. I think with them being out for an extended period at this point of the season, it feels like everyone's kind of gone very much to a template side. And I know there's always the best or the or the most favoured pick players, but it just feels like this year, unless one or two of those big names come back relatively soon, we're all going to end up with basically eight or nine of the same players. I kind of, I was going to say, I get what Jack's, where Jack's coming from, but I think what's going to be giving people the edge this year is getting on players early. And when you do get players in, they're a bit of a niche. Um, I guess a good example would probably be you would Susek, Jack. I don't think any, anyone in our league certainly had him in, but all of the weeks he seems to have done well. You've had him on your bench. So 
you've got to be looking when you have got these niche players you've got to be looking to play them and especially if you're it's okay if you're top of the league by a good 100 points or so you can afford to just let have the same big hitters in but I think you've got to look at these niche players and try taking the chance, move early where you can. And I think that's what's going to keep it interesting. But I, I take your point, unless your big hitters, Kane comes back, Aguero comes back. I think mine and your side are fairly similar. Probably similar, same to Carl as well. Yeah, I think if I do move for Sun this week, it'll be about, I think, Carl, me and you have 10 or nine, or at least nine of our probably most favoured 11 will be the same. Um, we're kind of neck and neck at this point, but it's one that, yeah, if, is Sun the right move if if you're chasing someone to bring bring your side so similar? And then it all really, it comes down to is, is getting that, that captaincy pick right, which we all seem to be, uh, me and you, Carl, seem to be going with Sun on the weeks that he fails. So maybe if one of us just avoids Sun, it might make it a bit more interesting. I think there's a point in time I think with this so I think for a long time I had De Bruyne and you had Fernandez, and there was a bit of interest there I think we've got some similar players now but I'm looking at Salah and he's got seven blanks in eight games he's still at 45% you know picks across across the game I mean that's extraordinarily high for someone I, I know Salah I think he's got 20 plus goals in the last five seasons totally unheard of is a continuation but I think it's one of them where if any other player had that amount of blanks, I mean, that's seven and eight, I think they would come out of your side. And I think for me, in terms of interest in your leagues, I'll almost be the first person that takes Salah out and maybe put somebody in like, I don't know, a Saka or somebody like that and uses the extra seven million <laughs> across the side. Because I think City are looking in pole position now. I think everyone really, especially with the double game week, in mind should be getting three city players in the side. So across the rest of it, the chase and pack is quite close. So like Everton, Leicester, United, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, I mean, they're all sides that are looking there, thereabouts. And even even West Ham, you know, they're all scoring points. So if you can use that seven million across your team and start to add value in all the positions that you've got, I think that's when it'll start to get a bit interesting. And I mean I'm close to it myself I, I'm pretty sure other people listening must be close to taking Salah out of the team so I think as soon as someone in the league does that I think the interest will come back well that's what well, I, I think, I think the, Salah yeah. and got Madison in which has saved me I think I've got four and a half in the bank so uh, across my midfield Saka, Son, Madison, Fernando, Sterling and I don't think many people have got Madison Saka's a cheap option Sterling, I don't think many people have really thought of him either. Um, looking at him, he's selling by less than 12% of people. And he seems to have done well lately, especially with KDB out the side. Um, I know Pep didn't play him against Sheffield United when you thought he would. That's the other thing as well. As you say, let's triple up on City, which is, I'd agree with it. But how do you triple up on City and know that they're going to play week in, week out? I look a couple of weeks ago and... There was a couple of players that you thought were absolute bankers to um, to play, and Cancelo didn't play, Stones didn't play, Sterling didn't play. What can you do? I mean, there's Pep Roulette, isn't it? I mean, you're always going to have that in fantasy football. I think overall, though, if you keep three City in, you're going to do more good than harm. I think if you want a few that are going to start, I mean, 
if you look at Diaz and Edison, I don't think they're going to move. They're always going to start. And then really, you just want one more in there. So, I mean, I've got Cancelo, Stones and Diaz. So really, they're all looking to start. And I didn't think Cancelo would. I thought Walker would come back in the side, but it's not looking that way. But I think you've just, you know, even if you go two, even if you went Diaz and Edison, you know they're starting every week. So you just kind of get them in there. And I think as much as I'm saying take Salah out, I mean, Dan, now that I've heard you've done that, I'm really not sure. I think, well, I think you're 100 points off the pace. I just think it's, it sounds like desperation in my mind now. But when you're 100 points behind, mate, you've got to start doing these things. You've got to start taking chances. And you look over the period of games, Salah's not performed. It's time, it's time to go. It's time to freshen things up. And Sterling has come in the couple of weeks I've had him, Captain Dum. He's done well, 11 points and then eight points compared to Salah when I, when I had him. I know he scored 15 the week I took him out, but it's, it's hard, you know. But he's not been doing well of late and it's worth doing. You've got to take these chances. I guess credit where it's due with Sterling. I mean, I think he's been, in terms of his usual standards of goals and assists, he's been off it this season. But you do seem to have got him at a good time where he's starting to step up and starting to starting to put points on the board from a fantasy perspective. So I guess I can give you some stick, but I can give you that one, I guess. I'll take it. It's probably a nice thing you ever said about my fantasy team. I do like the, the Sterling move down. I think if I didn't own Triple City defence already, it's one that I'd look at as well. I think, Carl, you mentioned Salah's ownership being still still so high. I think it is the Salah will punish you if you get rid of him kind of mentality. Um, Dan, you got stung, I think, really unluckily in the week you finally got rid of him. But, so, I mean, Sterling's already kind of repaid you slightly um, this game week. I know you captained him as well. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll look at shifting stones to someone um, but and then bringing in Sterling. But I think that will probably have to wait until I wildcard in, I don't know, game week 29, 30 or something like that. I think that's back to your original point, Jack, when you were saying is a bore and I think they're the kind of decisions that are going to be on everybody's mind that's probably going to make it a little bit more interesting. I think it's just a couple of weeks since the double. As soon as you come out of that, I mean, there was some extraordinarily high points, wasn't there? I mean, I think I was 130, I think, ish. I think, Jack, you were the same. So I think it's one of them where a lot of people score over 100. When you come out of that, you're kind of just trying to play it a bit safe, making sure that you've got people that are going to be playing and I think now everyone's starting to look and think okay so where can I differentiate and start to get more points again yeah cool so I think that's probably enough Salah chat if we get on to our king of the game week so we missed out game week 22 but we had a pick for 21 and Carl I think you came out on tops on that one with your Pereira selection nicely done um and just looking back at who we all had picked actually so i'm doing against newcastle two points two we'll points i went quickly. i went antonio and i think he got the same so a bit of a shocker for me and you dan so looking forward game week 23 um i can't remember who went i think it's my turn to go first actually yeah, so you just go first. Um, I'll let Carl go second. 
cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick purely on an emotional basis, and that is the guy as a Dan you've mentioned a couple of times um, today, a guy that's punished me for benching him, and I'm sure most managers who have benched him um, so far this season, um, and it's Suchak. I think he seems to have patches of goals, and he blanked against Liverpool last week. Um, obviously scored last night against um, Villa. And I just got a feeling he might get another one um, against Fulham um, at the weekend. So, bit of maybe an, an obvious pick for him. I think he's the second highest um, scoring midfielder um, this season. So, yeah, Sue checks for me. Dan, I think you're next, or Carl? No, I'll let Carlos go. I had first call last week. So, yeah, I think um, I can't make the recommendation without probably going for it myself. So, I'm going to say Callum Hudson Adoy at 5.7. I think, um, who are they playing against? They're against Sheffield United away as well. So, I think I think the one thing with Wilder is, as well, he will come out and play football in every game. He won't sit back and try and take a draw. He will always go out and try and win a game of football. So, I think that'll give Chelsea an opportunity to get forward. Hudson Odoi seems to be someone that's a favourite of Werner, um, Werner of um, Tuchel. So I think that's that's the one for me, Hudson Odoi. I've got everyone else. Um, I'm torn between two, as it seems to be the case every week so far. Uh, Pat Bamford against Crystal Palace, I think, could be potentially. Quite a good call. Uh, do you know? What? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Madison against Wolves. <clears throat> He's um, a couple of assists in lately. Eleven points yesterday. Five the week before. Two the week before. Then eight. Then nine. Then ten. So he's in a good bit of form at the moment. Um, Wolves don't seem to be in the best bit of form themselves. So I fancy Madison, especially he takes set pieces as well. So it's something to definitely consider. Um, I think he'll do have a good game week. Nice. I think after your bad start, Dan, your bottom of the table with Carl and I getting a pick each, right? You need it with Madison. He might be the man to to give you that. I think final question for you both to wrap up: um, captains for game week twenty three. Um, not to give away too much. I know Carl, we're chasing each other, but I promise you, I won't copy you. Who are you going with? That's a total fact-finding mission, isn't it? If I heard <laughs> one. I'm going to turn let, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go first. I was just going to go turn around, you go first. So I'm going to go um, Antonio. Um, Salah's definitely not getting the R-band against City. Temptation to captain a, uh, a Man City defender. Although I've got a feeling they might get that clean sheet. Um, it's Liverpool. Liverpool will probably turn up. Um, probably the only other one that might tempt me is is Bruno against Everton, um, but Jay Ling's alongside Antonio. It's just got points written all all over it, so he's going to be the man this week. How did we go a whole pod without talking about Lingard coming back yeah, and scoring? We, we should scrap it and start again. To be honest, it's a total waste of time not talking yeah, about Jay Ling. Literally, just stop recording. <laughs> I think um, just to touch on Ling. He's a big up-and-coming talent, Lingard, as well. So I think he deserves a bit more airtime. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I think it's one of them that he played in England. Um, it was t- 2016, wasn't it? 
he played for England, I'm thinking. Was it that long ago? I think he was always a starter for England and totally just, you know, from a football perspective, just went went away a little bit. Um, was kind of the, the butt of all jokes. But it's kind of nice to see him scoring two goals, actually, and, and doing well. Uh, kind of enjoyed to see that. I was actually thinking about putting him in the fantasy side, but I think it was almost uh, kind of seeing him score two goals. I think it was almost an emotion thing over probably what you should be doing. Um, but I think from a, a captaincy pick, um, I think Son against West Brom, as I said earlier, I think it's probably the one I'm going to go for. I always feel in these captain decisions, your instinct is just best to go for. And I just thought Son against West Brom, um, it'll be an Allardyce clean sheet now that I've said that, but just an instinct of mine. Do you know what's going to make you feel even better, Carl? Is I've already captained Son for the game week, um, so it's inevitably not going to do well. What I've I say, what I've also done though, boys, I think it's controversial. It'll be good to get your thoughts on this. So I've got two City defenders with Diaz and Stones, and then it's Liverpool. I benched the pair of them. I just, I think you'll regret that. I think. I'm, I'm, at the moment, I've got all of them playing. Um, I suspect what I'll do is probably drop stones to the bench. But I think attacking points for having own, well owning Conseil. If you look at that city side, he's involved in so much um, going forward that even if he doesn't um, get the clean sheet, I think there's a good chance he returns attacking points. Um, so yeah, I'll at least at the, at the minimum be playing Canseo and and Diaz. I, I think. Where do you sit on this car? Just as a quick one before we wrap up, having got three city boys at the back as well. I've got two of them on the bench at the moment, but my mind sways all the time. I think I've got two of them on the bench with Chill Chillwell starting at the moment, but I mean Chillwell isn't starting for Chelsea currently, so it may be that I kind of put one of them back in and just rule the Chillwell transfer for another day. Um, but I've still got a little bit of thinking to do on that, I think, for the weekend. Lots to think about. Cool. I think we can leave it there, boys. That was a a good episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, We'll see you guys next week for episode four.